right. Ah. Got our tea. Yeah. Our stuff's working right, and we're well, doing good. For now. And this just feels like home, Josh. It does. I like the lighting a lot better this way. Yes. Cozy. And for you listening out there, you won't notice a difference, but Josh and I have a different little setup now for our video recording. I like them. Uh, these yeah. chairs are a lot more comfortable. I know. We used to record in our other little studio, which is a bigger space. But for this video, we decided to move into a little second little space to film us. And we were using different chairs and a different setup. We move it around till it feels right. Yeah. But these chairs are the original chairs. So Josh and I lifted them in here yesterday. <laughs> and we kind of... Muscles. Yeah, we've been moving stuff around to get a space that we enjoy and we like and a vibe that we enjoy. But I like these chairs because they're comfortable for people my size, and for you listening, I mean people who are 190 pounds and six foot nine. And I'm a natural born woman. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> well, my license does have my weight as less than half of how much I actually weigh. See, on my license, I told them a bigger weight because I didn't want Did them to really? look at me weird. It was when I was real down in my... Oh, uh, sure. I suffered with an eating disorder, if I haven't mentioned that before, in all of my 20s. And at that time, I was like 140 pounds, <laughs> and I'm six foot three. So that's not a really a very healthy weight. No. But now I'm the height that President, ex-President Trump said that he was. Oh, that's six, funny. Six, two, six, three, and 180 pounds. Right, <laughs> right. No, yeah. Anytime I go renew my license, they're like, is that weight still right? Sure. Yep. It sure is. But I'm always too tall to get my picture taken, too. Oh, yeah. So they always make me sit down. <laughs> Do you know how, like, embarrassing that is to have to sit down for a photo? You're like, okay. They do let you smile, though, now. Yeah. You're just not allowed to show teeth. Show your teeth. You're like, oh. <laughs> Which is harder than I realized <laughs> it was. Hello. <laughs> yeah. It's like those older people who always you see in public that are always like. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Kenny. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that man eat bacon and corn on the cob and an apple without his dentures in. Right. I'm like, my God, the calluses. <laughs> oh, I've got those on my knees, but not on my teeth. <laughs> right. So last time, Josh, when we were in here recording, my stinking camera stopped recording yeah. after like 15 minutes. We didn't know till we were all the way done yeah. with the episode and unmasked. <laughs> and I was so frustrated with it. Because, of course, it's the new iPhone, right? So you would think that it would be Rich. decent. <laughs> it's me making fun of Shane. Right. You would think that it would be decent at, you know, at least the basic function of camera-ing, you know, video-ing. The minimum, honestly. Yeah. If it stops working this time, I'm going to have to call Cook. I'm just going to get the head person on the phone and be like, hey, look, your product sucks. It's faulty. The basic feature of your video camera, I mean, it, it just stopped. I went over to stop it so we could start our Unmasked episode. My whole <laughs> phone was just asleep. It's like, just asleep. It's like when you were in school and you were supposed to be doing your homework and you're just sleeping. You've done this a few times where you'll get something new, like right when it first comes out, and then you're the one that has to deal with all the bugs yeah, and stuff. Right. I, oh. uh, 
So now we're going to pause every once in a while and go check it just to make sure that it's actually like doing what it's supposed to be doing. Can we rock, paper, scissors with who goes? <laughs> right. So then I'll, I'll check every once in a while and we'll go check it to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So frustrating, though. This is another thing where you and I differ is you like to have something new as soon as it comes out, whereas I like I get attached to my cell phones. <laughs> I don't name them or anything, you know, odd, like I name my car, but I just, I hate getting a new phone. Mm. I feel bad. I'm like, you still work. I'm sorry, baby. We got to send you to the pound. <laughs> well, you also have a small phone, too. I couldn't handle that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I like, couldn't handle it. You know me. I love miniature things. Yeah, I don't. Well, no, not right, everything. Well, well, not well, everything. <laughs> don't be getting into Josh's DMs, boys. Yes, please don't. Some mean. If you send me an unsolicited pic and it ain't a good one. Right. I'm trying to fix that, though. Like when a man hits me up on the apps sure. and he's not necessarily anybody I'd give the time of day to. Sure. Past Josh would lay into him and tell him exactly what I think. But now I'm... But there's, now you're an influencer, and well, no, those, those DMs might get out about how, right. how unkind he is. There's a lot of... Um, in a cancel culture world. Negativity on the apps. So I try to, you know, no thank you. It's I'm sure someone will find it lovely, you know, <laughs> with low standards. But sometimes I still sneak in a little dig. <laughs> but that is even worse because... They kind of get crappy with you when you try to be nice to them. Yeah. I think it's just as soon as they know it ain't going to happen, their mood changes and they're like, now you're an mm. enemy. How dare you not want all three of these inches? <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little convinced after it happened last time that somehow, because we talk about our grandma a lot oh, yeah. in our <laughs> podcast, which is unintentional when we started our show, we did not ever think about that we would ever talk about her or that listeners would enjoy hearing about her or anything like that but we talk about her so often that after it happened i just got to thinking i was like hmm if grandma were to play any tricks on us in the <laughs> afterlife it would be doing something like shut that camera phone off because i say that because of all the things that she could mess with that would be something that she would know how to do shut that little like push that button to turn the video off right. like she would know how to do that Mess with the podcast stuff. She wouldn't know what to do. Well, she wouldn't she, know how to handle it. Now, you know, in spirit, she knows more than we ever will in our living existence. Yeah, so she, uh, I, don't know I about could that. see her getting in the, well, that's my belief. She would be scripting me some notes of some kind. Hey, Shane, how do I do this? You know, but I feel but like I, I could hear see her like pushing part. the button still. <laughs> I could see her like pushing the button to play some joke on us, especially if she knew what your subject was. Oh, yeah. Quit talking about that. Yeah. If you're not going to talk about, Jesus today, Josh, we're not going <laughs> to. So I thought that was just a nice, fun little thought. Was that is just, a nice little. And we have our picture staring right at I us, I know. Too. Yeah, Josh was cleaning out some things in the office, and he came across an old photo of Josh and I with Grandma. So it's just a really cute photo. Speaking of Grandma, Josh, in our last episode that we recorded, you had brought this up. You mentioned that Grandma used to say something like BBDs. Yes. Remember this? Yeah. So a few listeners had reached out because they also experienced people in their lives saying something similar, like BBDs something. So we found what that means. You ready for this? Yes. Okay. Finally. Yeah. So everyone's life is going to be richer after this. You can just shut this show off because your life has been fulfilled. 
So it wasn't BBDs that she was saying. It was actually BVDs. Oh. But our grandma had an eighth grade education, and sometimes she didn't say words correctly, which we don't either. So. I feel like half the sayings we say from her, I know. we heard them wrong. I know. So BVDs is a brand of men's underwear. They were founded in 1876, long time ago. Just just a couple years. That was a good year for Kim, I think. Yeah. And so 1876 is when they were founded. They were named after their founders in New York City. So each of those letters stand for something to do with those founders. They originally made underwear for both men and women, but now they just make it for only men, apparently. Oh, they still make it? Yeah. And the name that they make their product underneath is the Fruit of the Loom. Okay. Yeah. They, I don't think they sell thongs, so I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but if they do, we're going to hear about it from some listeners. You so need our a good listeners box will of brie. No, right. And if they don't sell them, maybe this podcast of us talking about it is going to get them on board. I will. We're going to make I, I won't it model them for publicity, but I'll wear them. <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll start a brand with our logo on it just for us. I am the fruit of the loom, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so they used to make. And I really don't know how this word is pronounced. I'm going to say it's bustles. Maybe you know, Josh. They were bustles for women. And what it was was they were. it's a pad that was used under garments for women a like long a, time ago. Like a Kotex pad? <laughs> no. It was used underneath their dresses to make them fuller. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a bustle. Yeah, like a, bustle. a trussle, I think. Yeah. But it was a bustle. bustle. Not a trussle, but a bustle. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing a little bit more research because, you know, why can't we just know a little bit more about some BVDs? It kind of sounds like an STD, doesn't I know. It? He got the BVD. You got that BVD? <laughs> Look at Susie over there. She has a BVD. You can smell she got it, it when she Johnny. walks past. I know. <laughs> so I found this old jazz song from 1923. And I, so I was listening to it when you came into the office today. I don't know if you I did. saw me like moving my head to it a little bit. I was preoccupied. I had a muffin waiting for me. <laughs> That's all you were focused on. You didn't even know it was Chocolate there. chip banana, and I was excited <laughs> for it. So this jazz song, it's a really funny jazz song because when I listen to old jazz songs, this is from 1923. There's some raunchy old jazz yeah, yeah, songs. Yeah. It's, it's not really raunchy, but it's just a sign of the times, and it's, I don't know, it's just really funny for me just to be able to listen to. But it's called Hula Loo. And there's two different versions that you can listen to. One of them is sung by a woman, and one of them is a newer version sung by a man. I've heard it. Have you? My residence at the nursing home. Oh, that's funny. I've heard a lot of old songs. So in the song, it talks about BVDs. And so here's one of the lyrics. I'm Hula Loo. I'm the gal that can't be true. I do my nesting in the evening breeze, neath the trees. You ought to see me shaking my BVD. Ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my new prayer. You go see me shaking my BVDs. You're going to see me shaking my BVD. So, Josh, in the apps, that's what you should, that's what you should, you should update your, your tagline or whatever they call it now. That would be a good way to weed out the youngins that are yeah. trying to hit me if up you, on there. That, yeah, if you want, like, you know, the new Bachelor has that 
the golden bachelor you know what i'm talking about yeah isn't he from near here i don't know but you know like that he's older though so he probably knows what a bbd is mm -hmm. but if you want you know a daddy daddy you ain't you got some gray it, on the temple and yeah, a hairy body i don't want if it. you're not wearing a bvd mm -hmm. don't hit my dms <laughs> You don't remember what the Great Depression was like. You can't. <laughs> if, if you want to see neath these trees, you have to see me shake my BVDs. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, I wish Grandma was here because oh we gosh. would play that song. I know. Hey, Grandma. We would. Oh, my gosh. So I, I just got a kick out of listening to that song and just thinking about, of. oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it was just oh. so funny. But, yeah, as Josh mentioned, our Grandma... You know, we had always lived around her, so you would think that we would catch these southern slangs that she would say or the way that she would pronounce words. But sometimes we just lived our entire life without ever noticing these words, like BBDs meant BBDs, and she was talking about this old underwear. You know, we just knew that she was talking about her underwear. Right. You know? But there it was, was like bloomers, like yeah. just like another word for undies. Yeah. But there was another word that I had lived almost my entire life without realizing that what she was saying was not what she was actually saying. I bet. I know exactly. I was just about to ask you. Yeah. Is it what so, she said to her dog all the time? I don't know. What did she say to her dog? What's sewer? Oh, no, 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 no. Never understood what that was till I asked her one day. No, no. You'll have to. What, what, what was it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and she would She'd say. She'd sit there and pet her. She had a little white yes, chihuahua named Spike, best male dog, at the, well, one of them. And she would always have to. She'd go, "Sewer, you want your?" He'd have his own little plate of dinner. She'd, you know, make him whatever oh, yeah, yeah. she made, and a pink glass of ice water. That's my baby, was sewer. And I'm, yeah. one day I was like, "Grandma, what the heck does that mean?" Yes, sir. Like I was crazy. I'm yeah. like, "Oh, excuse me." Yeah, the dog would only drink out of a an ice glass of water that was up here on a stand there was an ice he would not drink no. it he'd sit there he and stare at you like uh yeah. ice yeah so one day i had always heard grandma say shit far yeah shit far and save the matches she would always say that in many different circumstances well shit far well, well shit, shit far. far and i just always thought she was saying shit Far. Far, as in a distance. Yeah, so you don't smell it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, like, she would say it very often, you know, like, for example, one time, you're going to think awful of me for doing this, but I like yeah. to make my grandma laugh a lot. So I one time prank called her and told her <laughs> that I was from the bank and, and that I was someone from the bank and there was someone who was trying to use her car in a different country and she's like oh, well shit far and she, she was trying to turn down the uh, tv but she kept turning it up on accident and she was a hot mess and she's like well where's the charge from and you know and i was like now did you authorize this charge ma'am and she's like no i didn't authorize that charge and she's like well what, was, what about this one from nigeria she goes nigeria where's that yeah, even so she was fit to i be had tied. her up in her bvds you know if you know what i mean <laughs> So anyway, I had always heard her say shit far, but I just thought that she was saying shit distance, right? <laughs> shit in a far distance. So one time, well beyond, you know, like college age, I had left my wallet at her house and I was visiting her one day. Well, during that visit, she was telling me that there was a house nearby her that they were destroying. And when I was there, she's like, yeah, they were out there and they just... Psh, they just caught that thing on fire. 
You know, that's just the way she spoke because she was kind of Southern. You know, our entire family are from the South. So she's just, yeah, they caught that thing on fire. And I just thought, well, well, golly darn, you know. And she was just telling me about that fire and, and all these things. Well, after I had left, I left my wallet there. And so my grandma calls me and she's frantic. because She's like, Shane, how far are you? And I was like, I don't know, not that far. And she's like, well, turn around. You left your wallet here. And I was like, okay. So I turn around and I get to the house and she met me on the front porch and she brought my wallet out there and she goes, oh, so glad that I caught you before you got too far. She goes, I was getting up to get a glass of ice water and I looked over and I saw your wallet on the couch and I thought, well, shit far. And I <laughs> Hope started Hope you ain't gone too far. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, thank you. You know, and I left and I was just laughing about it and I just thought, wait a minute. She's been far. saying fire this and whole she just time. Was talking about far, shit far and, and far. So then I called her and I was like, Grandma, she's like, Yeah. When you say shit far, are you saying fire? Yeah. And then my whole world like unraveled. Right, when you found like, that out. I was like going through my memory of all the times she ever said shit fire, shit far. And I just thought. Oh my God, this whole time she's been saying shit fire. And it, I'm just like, how does that make sense? I know. <laughs> you know. But then I'm like, well, then in my whole childhood, I thought shit far made sense. You know, right. shit fa- far made don't sense. Don't want to smell it. Grandma don't but, like bad smells. Yeah, but shit fire now didn't make sense to me. But yeah, I remember that house. Yeah. It was the house on the corner, the older woman that would walk her giant iguana on yeah. a leash around with her. She'd always, you boys want to come pet my iguana? No, No. thank you. (laughs) No. No. But yeah, shit fire and save the matches. She used to always say that. And I don't know if she got that from somewhere or if she It's a common uh, phrase. From the South or something? Yeah. and But now I hear people say it quite often. And I'll see it on social medias. And I even have a keychain that says, well, shit fire and save the matches. But... Growing up, Grandma's the only one I ever yeah, heard say that. No, on either me side either. of our family, nobody ever said that. No, me either. That's so funny. I try to think of sayings that Grandpa Waters had, because him and Grandma Foster are the two grandparents I remember the most. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember what the others looked like, but not actual like how they spoke really right. or anything. But him, I couldn't think of any phrases. The only thing that I had was when he would go to churches and stuff, sometimes if they didn't sing very well, the other singers at the church, Grandpa would mention about something, carrying can't carry a tune in a bucket. Yeah, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I loved his voice, though. Sometimes when I sing, I can get that nasal raspy. Yeah, yeah. What was funny about Grandpa Waters was that he had this ability to move his ears Dad does too. Yeah. And you know, I have the ability to do this weird thing with moving my eyebrows. And I can't do, I can't do that, but I have this ability to, I don't know if I can do it with. They pull it tight a little. I can like just move it up and down really, really quickly. Like there's a weird muscle. Now Josh and I are in this room alone. (laughs) (laughs) This is our life. This order we're to walk in. What are you doing? With, we're racing. Leave us alone. With mics in front of our face. Just <laughs> that's that little bit of Neanderthal DNA that we have in our ancestry, thanks to that mm. DNA thing. That's why we have this large 
forehead up in here. Oh my gosh, Josh, our... don't say that. People who are watching are going to think that we look like monsters. <laughs> well, it's, uh... He's six foot nine and he has a huge forehead <laughs> shelf. It's a leftover trait from our Neanderthal ancestors. It's so we can block the sun from getting into our eyes while we're hunting, which now, I mean, oh my God, it's useless to that. us. Mine's a little more. <laughs> Shane takes after our mother's side more, and I kind of take after the waters. Um, mm. I see a lot of grandpa and grandma waters and grandma foster in me. Mm. Sometimes when I smile, I'm like, oh, hi, grandma. All and right. Sometimes I'll see my nose in a picture. And I'm like, that's grandpa <laughs> waters right there. Have you ever been hunting? Just raccoon. I went raccoon hunting with you and... The oh, waters yeah, we after really Thanksgiving. That was a, a male tradition on the water side of the family the day, or right after Thanksgiving dinner, the women would clean up and the men would go hunting. That lasted one time for Josh and I. Yeah. I, yeah. Do that again. I wore my new shoes. It was dark. It, it was, was near a, uh, a prison. Yeah. They brought us near a prison as children. Uh, scary as heck. Yeah, we were so scared. Had no weapons. I mean, we were children. They shouldn't give us weapons, but right. I was so scared because I was like, guys, there's a prison. We were like traipsing <laughs> through like creeks and yeah, it was like so all through forest yeah. and cornfield. Like, you know, they had been harvested, but fields and all you do is you hear the coon dogs barking. And then when they make <laughs> a certain bark, it means they've treed something and you got to run wherever and however yeah. far they are away from you to go shoot this poor little raccoon out of the tree. Right. We now, didn't get anything either. All to their own, but it was an absolutely horrible experience for me. I barely can eat meat. I actually just right. don't really care for meat. The only other time I, I almost went was with one of my mom's ex-husbands. I did go with him. Did one you time. really? I did not want to get anything because yeah. I, I don't care if people hunt. I know like deer will become overpopulated yeah, and you know, do you, if it makes you happy. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't condone like trophy hunting, like animals yeah, from Africa right. that are endangered. But yeah, I went with him and I didn't want to catch anything because when you catch a deer, you have to field dress it because the blood from the, like all the insides, it'll all go into the meat. So as soon as you kill it and find it or whatever, you have to, field dress it and get all the innards out and leave them for the if coyotes. If you're listening, you should just see my face right now. But they have. It's a device. And you can buy it at any hunting store. Even I've seen them at Walmart. And <laughs> it is called Butt Out. No. <laughs> it is a thing because you can't leave all it's that. It's in the hunting section? Yeah. And you, it's, I mean, it looks like kind of a thick arrowhead and it's to be put into the deer's rectum. You twist it and use it to pull out the innards so it doesn't spoil the meat. I remember seeing it for the first time, probably like 11 or 12. And I'm like, why do they have a thing called butt out in the hunting section? Because, you know, our dad would give us some money and we'd always go, you know, usually to Kmart. and Yeah. We we were odd children. Instead of a lot of toys, <laughs> we're like, I want to buy office supplies. Or cleaning products. Or camping stuff. And yeah. Yeah, and it, I was over by the camping, and I'm like, butt out. That was so weird. I was like, what's this for? Can I use this? <laughs> so the time that he asked me to go hunting with him, 
my mom was like, please go hunting with him. You know, he doesn't have any sons and I would really like you to go do it. And I think it was around Christmas time or something. I don't know. I don't know when the hunting seasons are or whatever. Right after my birthday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know just about as much as I do about hunting as I do about sports. I just Nothing. know when it starts because I've had to postpone my birthday party growing up because <laughs> he, had, he had to go deer right. hunting. So I went over to their house and... The next day, we were going to go deer hunting, and I remember, you know, the, the night before, he was like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. You should probably go to bed, and I was like, it's early. Why? And he's like, we have to be out there by, I don't know, it was like- Before the sun comes Yeah, out. it was like four, three or four o'clock in the morning is when he wanted to leave, something like that, and I looked to him like he was crazy. I was like, uh, willingly? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, we have to walk. And he told me how far it was. It was a really far walk. And, and I was cold, like. cold and dark. Mm-mm. I was like, okay, like you're making this absolutely less appealing to me. When you got to spray yourself with the dough in heat. Well, in. yeah. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for 30 minutes before that so I can shower. And he goes, no, you can't do that. You and I was stank. like, yeah, he's like, because it, the smell of you will throw the deer off or whatever. And I looked to him like he was just this person who I did not want to see at that moment in time. Every and day we he's were like, with- well, and what we have to do before we leave or before we go out there is I'll have to spray you with this. And so he let me see it and I read it. And I was like, dear urine. No, 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 no. I, I was like, I'm not spraying this on me. I was like, I'll go with you. I'm not spraying this. I was like, I'll even not shower. I'm not spraying this on me. And he's like, well, you'll scare the deer away. And I was like, well, then I'm not going. Later. Yeah. You nasty. So I didn't go because I'm like, I'm not going to spray. And it, it might have been the artificial stuff. But I was like, right. I'm not. No. I Mm-mm. did go. I didn't spray myself with that. But they, you can like wash the clothes and something that gets rid of the human scent. <laughs> but again, I didn't want to. I didn't want to freaking mess with killing and Yeah, well, and he walked so far. And he'd have, like, you have to bring it back if you get something. So, like, best case scenario for him is he got something while I was out there. That's the worst case scenario for me because now we have to carry this thing back. I remember putting on all that camo. First time in my life I ever had camo on. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it was very, it made me feel very butch, which I did not like. (laughs) So, I had a, it was like a. I've seen like army men where it's like a gray and black pattern scarf. Oh, yeah. Like, it. It's a woman's scarf, but masculine. Oh, sure. <laughs> like a Dorothy's Bornex scarf. <laughs> and I put it on and sprayed some perfume mm. on it. So we did not see anything. And talk about, like, when I picture hunting, I think like Elmer Fudd. Like you're traipsing through the woods with your rifle just yeah. looking. No, you go sit in a deer blind for several hours in the middle of the woods mm. and just sit there and wait. I'm like, this is, this is it. So boring. Can't have deer your phone blind. or nothing. What's a deer blind? It's a tent that camouflages into the wilderness, and it has, like, little screens. And it sits and on the ground? They have some that are in the ground. I've seen them, and they have, like, tree stands. Oh, okay. I've seen homemade ones where it looks like an outhouse two stories up with some two-by-fours. Oh, my gosh. Up. Yeah, absolutely horrible. I wouldn't. No, I'm glad that we didn't go because uh, someone would have ended up getting shot. It wouldn't have been me, and it wouldn't have been the deer. <laughs> to each their own. If you hunt, you know, keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, by all means, do it all day long. As long as it's not in danger. I don't even or... like venison. 
No, I won't eat it anymore. Meat. No, no, we I had to like process it, it oh, into hamburger. No, no, and, no, 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 no. Oh. Nope, not doing it. Mm-hmm. I remember when he had you in that little hunting kick when we were younger because it was right around Christmas and you got all this hunting gear for Christmas, like new hunting boots and a whole bunch of camo. And you even signed up for like a gun safety course. Well, I didn't actually get the stuff. They have put it in layaway. Oh, okay. It was at Kmart or Walmart. Kmart. I remember. Yeah. I remember because mom was like, are you sure you don't want camo? And I'm like, I ain't wearing <laughs> camouflage. Yeah. They put it all in layaway, but never actually, you know, paid for it, got it out. But God, I it forgot. all ended up in layaway. I forgot all about layaway being yeah, a thing. I don't think they do it anymore, do they? I Sometimes around Christmas, I think oh. I've seen like Walmart will do lay layaway. 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 It's layaway. Yeah, layaway. Layaway. When you're from a Poe family, you would lay away more things than you could pay for. (laughs) Yeah, you would lay away more things than you could pay for. Hey, it worked. Mom was real good at, if we had it on our list as children, she would, like, I mean, she would trample a hoe to get Mm -hmm. us. I think the only thing I didn't get that I really wanted was a Furby. And that was because the preacher said that they were demonic. So mm-hmm. we couldn't have a Furby, like our Pokemon cards. Right. Them's demons. Because yeah. in Japan, they call them demons. Right. So. Yeah, there was even some up in arms about Harry Potter, too. Oh, yeah. That's witchcraft. Right. But there's house elves. <laughs> we had a, like, that's the house we grew up in where we had a, like, most teenage or young adults are reading dirty magazines and stuff <laughs> under their covers. And we're like... And then Harry Potter gave Dobby a suck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying to talk our mom and grandma into thinking it's not the devil. I swear. Yeah. Ain't real. It's British witchcraft. That's That ain't demonic. <laughs> right. So, Josh, whose turn is it to go first this time? Do you remember? It is mine. All right. Go ahead. Well, my mystery is... A mystery. <laughs> a mystery. <laughs> I stumbled across it, actually. My thought was I wanted... A creature that was just as humorous as some of the villains that have came across on the Scooby-Doo cartoon show. You know, the phantom. And I just love the funky names that they give (laughs) to the episodes based on the creatures. So I will start with, to me, physical appearance isn't what is important, aside from height. I only care about what's on the inside of his wranglers. But even I have standards, and my mystery for today is about a group of mutated humanoids who remind me of the things from the movie The Hills Have Eyes, which I have seen once, and that was too too much. Do you remember when we were younger? Well, we were in high school, maybe. Maybe middle school, older middle school. And we were only once home, and we decided to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my God. And we were so scared. And someone freaking shot our front, like, the glass door. And we didn't and live shattered. in the hood or nothing. Like, yeah. yeah. At the exact moment when we're watching this movie, like, we hear... We thought the devil was alive yeah, and we were coming to out. get us. Yeah. It was so scary. Ugh. Especially that basement we had in the house we lived at in oh, yeah. Selma. Growing up, it had this creepy basement with a big old hole in the side of the wall mm. where the water heater used to be. Right. And that just, I'm like... That's where the (laughs) devil himself lives in that hole. These creatures are so disturbing that even with the lights turned off in a blindfold, I still wouldn't be interested. That's saying something. 
Now I love me a good mushroom head. <laughs> I hate mushrooms. Uh, I know you do. Uh, mushrooms. Give me a good breaded mushroom. Mm, some homemade ranch. Even like if I go with friends to get pizza, they always try to talk me into get half of it with mushrooms. Just the flavor. On yeah. There. Or they'll be like, oh, this place, they cut up the mushrooms real fine. You can't taste it. Lies. All lies. I like a big old chunk of a nope. mushroom. Mm. But these melon heads are a mystery that I've never stumbled upon. Don't let the humorous name Melonhead fool you. If you came across one of these, you'd run faster than a milkman when the husband comes home early. And they look like something that the dog has been hiding under the porch. Southern phrase of the day. <laughs> These humanoid creatures are usually short in stature, but their heads are swollen-looking and their faces are extremely distorted. They are said to be ambush attackers and go after individuals who find themselves alone in the woods at night. Kind of like us. Coon hunting. Right. Raccoon hunting. Proper English, Josh. Proper English. Proper Ra- English. Raccoon hunting. The king's English. The king, the queen. Oh, God. No, not her, Josh. That's the tea. Oh. We're actually drinking Queen Elizabeth right. II English breakfast tea. wonder where you're going with that. The whole reason I bought that, I'm a Maxinista, and they had it at one of the Maxes near us. And I was like, a tin of tea with the Queen's picture all over it? Ugh. All monarchs do rotten things, and I've covered <laughs> multiple monarchs in my other podcast, but I just love me a good old queen. Uh, <laughs> spit on my mouth she could stomp on my feet <laughs> i would be like thank you queen oh curtsy one of my favorite meals that i had when i was in england was they have oh my gosh what was that called it's a sandwich oh coronation chicken and it's a sandwich that she had during her coronation okay oh my gosh it's so good mm. it has curry in it yeah oh my gosh Absolutely delicious. I used to get it like every time I would go someplace. Although, let me tell you, I was with Wendy and we were at this place. Oh, God. And I got it. And on the side, I got a salad, right? Oh, hold on a minute. I'm not, not, I'm not gagging. <laughs> thinking of the about it. The lady brought out my sandwich and my salad. And you know, like when I have salad, I like ranch. But if they don't have ranch, which I'm in a different country, I assume they may not have ranch, I'll take another salad dressing. Honey mustard. Do you know what that lady, what this woman almost squirted on my salad? Oil? No. Mayonnaise. (gasps) And it was, what's that, Miracle Whip? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, that's. Oh, no, 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 no. It actually, it says, like, dressing on it. No, 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 no. We make dressing out of Miracle Whip. You, we just we add sugar to it. Kind of makes it a little bit. I more don't runny. put it on my salad. Right? I no. don't like it. I, I've oh, done no. that in the past. Miracle Whip with sugar mixed in it, and then you put it over your salad. No, I have done, but I'm again more adventurous eater than Shane. I like took my plate and I was like, none of that, please. I'll what eat the it. hell is I'll that? I'll eat it dry, raw and dry. <laughs> Give me some pepper, please. Yeah, I did. I was just like. That's Wendy's one. like, are you just going to eat that without anything on it? I was like, yeah, I'm not putting mayonnaise on this. That's one thing I'm not picky about is uh, salad dressing, unlo- except for anything with balsamic in it. Uh, to I me, only balsamic. care for ranch. Oh, mm. God. I got, my favorite's honey mustard, but I'll, I'll take what salad? they have. Yes. It, it's a, I mean, it's meant to be a salad dressing more than 
the thing I dip literally every single thing I eat in. <laughs> I know I like to dip a lot of stuff in. Any they stuff. always give me a hard time at Arby's when I go. I'm like, no marinara, uh, honey, honey mustard, mustard for my <laughs> mozzarella sticks, please. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, don't judge me. Right. It's well, so good. They wouldn't judge you, Josh. They would judge the bigger people. No, some of the stuff I order, people are like, is there anybody else in that car with you? Oh my you? gosh, no. Have you ever ordered food? Like, I've done this. I'm so embarrassed to say this in public. I've ordered food before, like pizza. And then like when the pizza arrives, you pretend like there's other people at the house. Oh yeah. Oh, no, you guys gosh. keep it down back there. I gotta get yeah. the pizza. Hey guys, all right, the pizza's here. Can I get, um, oh, thank you so much. Hey, I'm so sorry. These people are, so, you know, in the back room and they're just being so obnoxious today. Put on crowd sounds yeah. on YouTube. And like, in my head, I'm thinking this guy knows that this pizza is just for me. I'm putting on a face, you oh, know. I never, I wouldn't really care. <laughs> I'd be like, eh. Oh my gosh. I feel like I just do it every time. Because like sometimes I'll order, like if I order Chinese, I can't decide between like orange chicken and something else coconut chicken and i don't really care for the rice and stuff so i'll just order like two of the main things and you don't I'll even eat like it rice? At two different parts of times you don't like rice no i don't care for rice oh i love it for no. breakfast lunch or dinner no mm. so then i'll order like two of the main meals and, and eat it like for lunch and dinner but then i feel like a fatty opening the door <laughs> Getting two big bags of meals. Thank you. Yeah, because it's always like such a big thing because like they'll give you the rolls and you know. No, I do that often when I go somewhere, especially if it's a restaurant I like. I'll get two entrees, one for then and then Mm. another. I did that when I went to the barbecue restaurant. Right. (laughs) Well, and some foods taste better left over, like after it's sit in the fridge overnight. So throw it in the air fryer. Sure. I love it. Okay. Go ahead, Josh. Well, there are multiple origin stories about the melon heads, but they seem to be centered around Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut, with a few sightings around New England. The earliest origin is all the way back from the 1600s in Trumbull, Connecticut. A family there was accused of witchcraft and banished from the village to the woods. I think that's literally my dream come true. (laughs) They were sent out there to die for the high crime of witchcraft. The mom probably sneezed or something else that was they assumed was of the devil. Sure. Back then, I feel like anything would get you caught for witchcraft. They even hung dogs accused of witchcraft, like it was the devil possessing a dog. Well, you know, one of the things I found out when I was in England was that sometimes women would be accused of witchcraft during the Black Plague because... They own cats, and cats would eat rats. So a lot of women, if they lived alone, they didn't get the plague. You're a witch. Yeah, so they would think that she was a witch. Good grief. Yeah. They didn't get it. Kill them. Yeah. Ain't enough people dying. The legend says that the family didn't die, though. They actually resorted to hunting and gathering and ended up taking shelter in some caves that they found. And as they grew, the children, well, they noticed that there wasn't anything else to do around. So they resorted to incest to pass the time. As one does. Good old 1600s. (laughs) (laughs) 
The results of their family bonding led to children who were severely deformed with large melon-shaped heads, short stature, and facial anomalies. That's such a fun word to say, anomalies. That mixed with generations of no education and further inbreeding in the legends of the melon heads were born. There are other myths that vary, you know, from the three states that I mentioned, but the creatures are all the same no matter what the origin myth was. Another popular one is that between the 1940s and 60s in Connecticut at an asylum, there was a tragic fire in the building and all of the staff and patients were burned alive, except for a group of patients, around 10 to 20 people. Those people escaped and found shelter in the woods, and due to their developmental and mental afflictions, they resorted to cannibalism and eventually inbreeding and whatever else they had to do to survive. And the melon heads that are seen would be their descendants. And then the other origin is similar to that one with the only difference being what building caught fire. Some say a prison, a campground, or a school for kids who were experimented on by a mad scientist named Dr. Crow. That one's a little bit (laughs) far-fetched. As I say, talking about a far-fetched mystery. (laughs) I can believe the... Pioneer family, but a Dr. Crow mad scientist, that's too far. Right. Those kids are said to have had what we now call hydrocephalus, which is a neurological disorder caused by an abnormal buildup of cerebrospinal fluid in the cavities deep within the brain. This excessive fluid causes the ventricles to widen, putting harmful pressure on the brain's tissue. Hydrocephalus may be present at or shortly after birth or may result over time from damage. That myth says that the children grew tired of being experimented on and eventually attacked and murdered Dr. Crow before they chopped him up and scattered the pieces. Those children then wandered off into the woods and the inevitable incest and cannibalism led to the melonheads along with a hydrocephalus, which can be inherited genetically. Some legends also claim that the melon heads would bite or consume whoever entered their territory. Also, their territory commonly involves a secluded, rustic area with a dirt road that runs through it. This is one instance where elements of the legend interact over time and why some Real streets to this day are mistakenly referred to as Dracula Drive by a lot of locals. Again, the difference in origins is dependent on what state you may see a melon head in. The asylum stories from Michigan, the colonial family one from Ohio, and the one with Dr. Crow and the children is from Connecticut. But whatever their origin is, if you ever find yourselves alone in the woods of either state, at night, off of a secluded road, run and run <laughs> fast. Despite their small stature, the melon heads are said to be very territorial and aggressive. They seem to enjoy the fear that they cause their victims before they are butchered and eaten for dinner. With all the myths and folklore that surround being in the woods at night, perhaps it's best to play it safe and stay indoors when the sun goes down and the creatures crawl out of their burrows. 
And for Pete's sakes, whatever you do, don't whistle in the woods when you're alone out at night. If you do, you could be the next victim of a mysterious cryptid or a future episode of Mystery Inc. (laughs) I love ending on a light side. (laughs) Made me think of an episode of Family Guy where Lois is like, about ready to get killed somehow. And she's like, whatever you do, just don't let me be a some white ladies podcast episode. <laughs> and it just cracked me up. I think about that. I'm like, boy, if I'm ever murdered, I hope Shane makes an episode about me. Oh, I will. You know, after a decade when you can like, the mourning get has ceased it. enough yeah. for you to, to even think about your beloved right. brother. <laughs> right, when I can get out of bed. Go on, have to the day. take to the bed. That's my, that's my that's my favorite southern fra- phrase. That's hilarious. Oh, I got it. I'm going to take to the bed. Right. That's funny. Well, what is your mystery? Yeah, well, before I get started, why don't I go check the camera? Oh, yeah. Can't be trusted. I'm glad you keep remembering. I forget. I almost thought to watch The Hills Have Eyes, but I on I I really have not seen it since it first came out and I watched it with my best friend Brittany. And there's just one part in there that like is burned into my scalp. Like that would be my hell. And some poor woman in the movie is trapped by one of the mutants and he has this like long snake tongue that's real slimy and he looks at her face and grabs it and goes party and like licks her face and I'm like that scarred me as a kid that in the movie Showgirls that oh, like yeah. terrified the hell out of me yeah, no, not, not Jesse from Saved by the Bell no <laughs> I didn't realize that he was in that she she yeah yeah, yeah I meant she yeah she's like the lead right 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 I, I forgot we were still watching Saved by the Bell every morning before school right. so I, I saw her that morning and then that night we watched that movie, and I'm like, oh, I see her boobies. Oh. <laughs> That's one thing I've noticed about me. If I was a, a straight man, I believe I would be a bosom man versus a... Because <laughs> I noticed I never had a small-chested female friend. They've mm-hmm. always had just the biggest and largest of bosoms. <laughs> well, the one girl you dated, Josh, she had big bosoms. Oh, that one, one girl. girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Uh, we went to our family reunion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we kissed against... Amen. She's, she's the one woman I've made out with. It wasn't good either. On my part, because I was so heart. nervous. I hope she's doing well these Hopefully. days. Bless her heart. Last time I heard of her, she... I b- believe she's doing a lot better than the last time I heard from yeah. her and. Bless your heart, girl, if you ever hear this. <laughs> I am glad to see you're doing well and keep up the artwork. There you go. All right, Josh. So my story today is a case that has fascinated me for a while. And it almost ended up on Unsolved Mysteries, which would have fascinated me even more if it would have back Ooh. in the day. But it didn't. Update. I love right. how he says that. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> and I'll explain why it didn't end up in an episode later on. But let me go ahead and get into it. So this mystery starts on February 24th, 1978, when five men from Yuba City, California, leave for Chico, California, and they're going to a college 
See, I can't even say college basketball game because I know sports. Oh, Oh my gosh. But yeah, Josh, so they're going to a college basketball game. They're really big fans of basketball and they have been planning this for a little while. They're pretty good friends and they're going to go to this game. So these boys are known as the boys. They're actually men. They range between the age of 24 to 32 years old. Yeah, boy. Right. And I'm talking about Jackie Hewitt, Bill Sterling, Jack Madruga, Ted Wire, and Gary Mathias. So Jackie, Bill, Jack, and Ted, they all four had mild developmental disabilities. Okay. So that's important to know. And Gary, the fifth person, the fifth boy or the fifth man, he had suffered from schizophrenia. Okay. But it's important to know that Gary was doing well with his condition. He had been regularly taking his medication, so there was no reports of him having an episode of any kind. Good. In recent times. So as I mentioned, the boys were 24 to 32 years old. So they were men, but they were known as the boys. They all did live at home with their parents, it seems, because of the issues that they had, of course. So the five boys climbed into Jack's Mercury. It was a car, a black car. That pretty. <laughs> that's all Josh cares about when it comes to vehicles. That's all he knows. Is it as pretty? As long as it, is it clean, that's all. Right. <laughs> right. So it's a black car. Okay. Maybe some people would call it pretty. So they drive 50 miles to the game. Ugh. Yeah, and it's a very cold area that they're in. It's a very chilly night, but they drive the 50 miles to the game. For sports, I'll never understand. It's a college basketball game. They get there. They have a good time, it seems, and they leave the game. After the game, they stop at a convenience store. When they're in the convenience store, witnesses say that they purchase candy and chocolate milk. And that sounds like us. <laughs> I know. We used to always buy candy and chocolate milk. What was those? that chocolate milk brand? It was Yoohoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a chocolate drink. There's it's no a, dairy it's in it. It's chocolate and water. Yeah. It's actually chocolate and water. Have to get our pre-church candy. And yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the boys leave the convenience store. They drive off and they head in the direction of home. Well, in the morning, none of the boys make it home. And so, of course, their parents are all worried. It's very unlike them to not make a home when they're supposed to be there. So Jack's mom calls the police. So the police start searching. You know, this is not like their behavior. So the police realize that the boys are missing. So they're doing their search. Immediately, they can't find out where the boys are. So as the search goes on, They do a quick drive between Chico and Yuba City, and nothing is found. There's no, you know, from the road that they should have been on, they're not off the side of the road with a flat tire, or they've not run out of gas or anything like that. So they've disappeared. Well, on February 27th, a U.S. forest ranger happened on Jack's car. It was stuck in a snowbank, in the Plumas National Forest. 
Now, this is very bizarre because the road that the car is stuck on, it's very remote, and it's actually 50 miles in the opposite direction. So if you're driving from here to home, which is like in the direction that Josh is sitting across from me, their direction that this car would have been is perpendicular. So it would be completely off their path for 50 miles. When the forest ranger gets up to the car, he notices that the car is unlocked. There's no key in it. And there's a window that's completely rolled down. And that's kind of bizarre because it's so cold out. Why would you have your window all the way down? There's no evidence that the men have been in that area surrounding the car. There's no evidence that they had tried to move the car. The car, it looked like, was semi-stuck on a small snowdrift. However, saying that, it was possible that the five boys could have easily moved it off the snowdrift. Right. There's There's know, five a of group them. of five grown men. Yeah. So the car wasn't horribly stuck there. What they believed was that the car likely was driven up on the snowbank and could have been temporarily just paused there, basically, on the snowbank. Had a poop. Right. <laughs> but, you know, if they couldn't get out of there, the five boys would have been able to push it out. So it wasn't really, really stuck there. So that was very bizarre. There was gas in the car. So it was, you know, the whole thing is just a very bizarre situation. They did find candy wrappers inside the vehicle. Also in the back seat, there was a half-eaten candy bar. So that was a kind of a bizarre scene to come across. Hey, you know, something's up with me if I ever leave a half-eaten candy bar somewhere. Right, why would like, you bring it with you? he was taken. Yeah. <laughs> so the police search around the car. They don't find any signs of the boys, and they search around the area. They had to call the search off because it started snowing really badly. And so they weren't able to continue because of a winter storm that had started. So on June 4th, there were motorcyclists in the area. And those motorcyclists were exploring the wooded area. And they discovered a trailer that was in the woods. This trailer was 20 miles uphill from where the car had been discovered. When the boys get up to the trailer... It's an older trailer. They want to explore it a little bit, take a break from riding cycles. So they open it up to go in to explore. And they come across a pretty scary scene, it seems. So Ted's body was found inside. He was stretched out on a bed inside the trailer. He was wrapped up. I found two different reports. One report said that he was wrapped up in sheets And the other report said that it was layers, like several layers of blankets. But either way, blankets or sheets, he was so wrapped up in them that it was even covering his head. And people said that he was tucked so tightly that they didn't think that he would be able to tuck himself in, that it would have to be someone else who was doing the tucking. Outside. Yeah. When they explored his body, they did find that his feet were severely frostbitten and they couldn't locate his shoes. His body was so emaciated, which that word means he was so thin, so weak, which means that he had gone for a long period of time without food. 
And the length of his beard had grown so much that they believed that he had been alive for two to three months after they had disappeared. So next to the bed, they discovered a few things. One of those things was a gold watch. And between all of the boys, that gold watch didn't match to any of them. So that was a, a really big mystery of whose watch that was. The only possible thing is maybe the gold watch someone had left in the trailer and they found it. Like before they got, before like they it got in there, maybe it was there. abandoned, but it was a pretty nice gold watch, evidently. Right, a hunter's not going to, oh, let me. Yeah, but it was a gold watch. It was left near the bed. My thought is maybe the boys found it. Maybe he found it while he was searching around inside the trailer and, you know, was going to keep it, but then left it next to the bed. So it was very bizarre that he didn't have any shoes on and his shoes were not located in the trailer. Hence the frostbite. Yeah. There was a locker inside of a shed nearby, near the trailer. Now, that shed had contained enough food that it would have fed all five of the men for more than a year. Jesus. Yeah. But that shed wasn't opened and... So the food was left alone. I'm so picturing it, it wasn't it that, wasn't used. I'm picturing that doomsday prepper trailer and shed we came across on the way to airtight bridge right. down that right. Road. Now there were also matches. There was fuel. There was a propane tank, and that all of that stuff was also left unused. And they could have used that stuff to help keep them warm, right. but none of it was used. But again, it seems like Teb would have been in that trailer for several months, for a couple months at least. So Jack and Bill's remains, they were found in the woods several miles away from the trailer. And it was unclear from their remains if they had ever made it to the trailer from the car. Or it's possible that they did make it to the trailer and then left for some reason to find help or something. And you know, came to die out there in the woods. It's really unknown because of the way their bodies were found. Animals had gotten to them, so they couldn't, Mm. you know, find too much from their bodies. Were they found right next to each other? Yeah, yeah, it seems like they were near each other. And then shortly after that, Jackie's shoes and his spine were discovered two miles away from the trailer. And then his skull was found about a hundred yards away from that. And how that was found is actually a very, very bizarre way. His dad was out there helping search in the area and his dad saw a jacket and he picked up the jacket and his spine fell out. Can you imagine how horrible that would have been? Like, for any spine to fall of a Even jacket, if it's it would be not absolutely your son. horrible. Yeah, it would be absolutely horrible. My first thought, though, I'd be like, <gasps> predator. Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely horrible. Ugh. And then I'm sure what everyone's thinking is, well, where's Gary's body, right? I don't remember their names. Right. <laughs> so bad right. at names. Well, there's five boys, and so Gary was the only one who didn't have a developmental problem, but okay. he had schizophrenia. Gary has never been found. His remains had never been found. So his shoes were found in the trailer. So 
Evidently, he possibly did make it to the trailer, but there was no other traces of him inside the trailer, and no traces of him have, have ever showed up. It's also important to note that Gary did have glasses, so even if you know something happened to his body, you would expect to find his glasses, that his glasses would come up, mm-hmm. but his glasses were never recovered. A possible theory that some people have brought up is that because Ted's shoes, they believed, could have been more sturdy shoes. Switched them out. Yeah, maybe after Ted passed away, maybe Gary switched shoes and maybe he left for help or left for another reason, but switched, you know, maybe he did switch shoes and that's why Gary's shoes were left and he would have had Ted's shoes on. Have to look and see what size they were. Because I mean, yeah. Sometimes, like you wouldn't be able to switch my shoes if we right. I were wouldn't ever wear Josh's shoes because my feet are too big. But yeah, so that was a possible theory. But because his remains have never been found, there's just a lot of questions up in the air. But we're also talking about a huge forest, and you know, until they're able to find some type of remains from Gary, I think people will always have a lot of questions surrounding where he is Mm -hmm. did he have some involvement the reason people kind of question that on if maybe he had some type of knowledge or involvement is only because he was the only one who didn't have a developmental issue among the victims and also because of the scenario that they haven't been able to discover his body Mm. so when people come up with scenarios that could have played out of course they're going to you know, use that to come up with the scenario. So in the Unmasked episode that we will have later, I will discuss some other scenarios of Gary's life because this wasn't the first time that Gary has disappeared. And I think it's important to, you know, highlight that. And I'll also discuss in the Unmasked episode why they didn't go forward with the Unsolved Mysteries episode. Okay. Yeah. Wonder what the large predators in that area are. Like, if there would be wolves that would there be able would to be carry a big body. bears. Mm. I don't think a bear would be hibernating in the winter, though. Yeah, but even then, the boys. You know, some of the boys were. You know, animals had gotten to them. Right. So their bones had been scattered. So, for example, Jackie's bones. His head was a hundred yards away from his spine. So, you know, there were clearly some animals that were able to spread the bodies out. Mm -hmm. So it's, who knows at this point what happened, but it's such a bizarre, bizarre thing because of many reasons. One, the families, none of the families believe that the boys would have veered off the trail, that they should have left the main road at all. There should have been no reason for them to leave the main road to go off in this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, they 50 miles away, you know. Yeah. They had plans to go home. They didn't plan to go anywhere else. There was no signs the car was in distress. So the, the whole reason of why they would have veered off in the first place is weird. So that sets off this whole question of if that happened, then why did that set off this whole chain of events? So that that brings this whole thing seems to be like this whole thing. You know, something had a spark something in this whole thing. Okay. You know, was it 
that they got out there and their car got stuck. So they got into this trailer. But again, their car had to get there. And there was no, there should have been no reason why the car was there in the first place. Maybe they should have, they shouldn't have veered off at all for right. no reason. Now I can see like if it was on the way home and they got stuck. Yeah. And- you know, it had been several days and that one guy didn't get his medication right. to keep his schizophrenia at bay. I right. could see, you know, being like he had a break. and Right. But even, I mean, that's one against four other men. Right. That's some yeah. chan- odds there. Yeah. But again, he was the only one who didn't have developmental problems. But again, there's the whole thing that I just have to stress is there would have to still be something that would lead them off their path for 50 miles. You know, that's a long way for them to veer off in the wrong direction. And I don't know that they would have got lost. No, because, I mean, we're talking about them going into a forest off of their path. It's not like they were in, you know, Indiana and they just took a wrong road and Mm -hmm. they didn't realize that they were lost. So why were they out there in in the first place is the first question. And that is a mystery. And they could have just stayed in the car until the car ran out of gas. That would have been your first instinct. You know, stay in the car until it runs out of gas because at least you know you still have warmth and maybe help will come and you'll be able to survive the night. But then again, you probably would try to push yourself out, you know. Eventually. It'd take a lot. I'd be like, ooh, it's cold out there. I don't know about that. Right. So the car, you know, still had gas and everything. So it's just, so many questions. Yeah. I'm still rolling over the dad finding his son's spine yeah. in his coat. Yeah. God. But if it can't get weirder, also in the unmasked, there's someone else who thought that they saw them Ooh. out there that night. Okay. And if they actually did, which this person swears up and down that they did, there's no reason why no one should believe him. There might have been one other person out there. Smokey. It's a very bizarre scenario. You say Smokey the Bear. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that wasn't a very interesting mystery. I'm like reeling over what you just told me. Yeah. I mean, everything but their names because they leave my head as soon as you yeah. give them to me. God. Oh, I just think I would have been living in that trailer. Mm. Like I would have already... I was there for several months and had food and fuel and everything else. I would have redecorated. Yeah. Look, y'all made some squirrel curtains. Well, another weird thing is, is they had broken into some of the other outbuildings. So they just didn't break into the one that had food. And Philip also had previous experience from being in the army. Okay. So he did have some like, you know, life skills of some kind that would have helped him in that scenario. So... It's not like they were completely out there helpless. So it's just a very bizarre scenario of How? of a lot of just a lot of question marks of them just not surviving. That'd be my luck though. I'd break into all the buildings and still didn't find food and I'm like, and I'm not doing another one. Into. Yeah. There you know there ain't gonna be nothing in there. Oh. Yeah. It was filled with subway. Yeah, and they didn't use the heat option. You know, they didn't yeah. use any of the heat. You said That's there were matches so too. Even if there wasn't fuel, I would, there's firewood. Like, Yeah, well, there was fuel, there was matches, and there were, oh my gosh, what was the <laughs> other one? We from hillbillies. And now. there was a propane tank. 
So I mean, there were there would have been plenty Man, of options for been, them to. I wouldn't have wanted to be up. found. Yeah. You mean I'm out here alone with four other men <laughs> and isolation? This is my dream come true. Right. They would have been the happiest men. But food for a year, more than a year for the oh. five of them. Yeah. Dream come a tiny house in the woods. Oh yes, please. Right. Man, that is very intriguing. Yeah, very bizarre. My thinking is, oh, he must have had a mental break. Yeah, I mean, he would have run out of medicine. Yeah. So he would have had an issue with his schizophrenia. I mean, Lord, your four closest friends. Yeah. Unless, I mean, maybe there was somebody at the basketball game that took him hostage, you know, and let's go this way, fellas, not that way. Right. This way, not that way. Yeah. Oh. Well, is that all you have for your mystery? Yep. I just have my review, but I can do that after you do your segment. Yeah, I'll finish with my Bless Your Heart. This one. I really enjoyed this one. I stumbled across it on Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, as I call it. Yes. After 20 years of advocacy and legal challenges, the largest dam removal in history is returning to the Klamath River in California to its natural state. In partnership with tribal nations, the demolition of four hydroelectric dams will allow wild salmon from the Pacific to run upstream and spawn again as they haven't been able to do for over 100 years. Wow. Did you know salmon, were their numbers were depleting because of dams and everything? They're not able to spawn upriver? Yeah. Which, by the way, when I was looking this up, there is a magic school bus episode Mm-mm. about salmon and how they operate and that teacher miss frizzle i think that's her name it's been a minute but she turned them babies in her classroom into salmon eggs and in the cartoon i looked it up on youtube it shows them little kids as salmon eggs and then a male salmon comes along and it just some white fluid on the cartoon comes out. Of, he's, you know, <laughs> fertilizing the eggs. And it's just showing them. The kids oh, are like, funny. we're going to be baby salmon. And I'm like, <laughs> what? The, how is this okay? <laughs> Which I never knew the teacher's voice is voiced by Lily Tomlin. Oh, I didn't either. When I watched that clip, I was like, that's Grace and Frankie. Or, yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, not to say she hasn't been in other things. That's just the most recent. Yeah. Love you, Lily. <laughs> Well, this week at the Klamath River Renewal Corporation, they began preparing a stretch of river to flow freely for the first time in over a century. The soon-to-be-dismantled dam has blocked fish passages and altered river flows in a place that is sacred to the Shasta Indian Nation. In 1925, the construction of Cupco Number 2 Dam was completed, and it diverted the river in the absence of sustained flows, a dense stand of trees colonized the riverbed within the steep canyon. The tribe joined the partnership to clear the alder and cottonwood trees from the river corridor while leaving all floodplain vegetation intact. A quote from one of the tribesmen is, It fills my heart to know that salmon will migrate through this river on their way to spawn in the upper basin. For the last century, we have watched the dam suffocate the life out of the river, and I would like to thank the KRRC and the Shasta Indian Nation for the opportunity to help our salmon runs and our river recover for our children in the next generations. 
I give the people responsible and the indigenous tribes a bless your heart. It is better to have less thunder in the mouth and more lightning in the hand. The Holy Land is everywhere, and I have seen that in any great undertaking, it is not enough for man to depend simply upon himself. We will be known forever by the tracks we leave. I hope that the tracks left by this will impact the Native people, who can now return to more of their ancestral way of life for them and all their generations to come. And I would like to give a special thank you, Jesus, to all of our loyal and brilliant patrons for your exceptional taste in podcasts. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, guys. Good Lord. I tried to say guys and all, y'all at the same time. Thank you, y'all. Thank you, y'all. <laughs> you is kind, you is smart, and you is important to all of us here at Mystery Inc. All righty. All right. So, Josh, our review today comes from Jay Fresh, and it was titled as I'm Hooked. Fresh. Yes. And the review goes as this. These two guys are so fun to listen to while I work from home. Josh, you kill me. And then he gives a little heart. I love your sense of humor and your delivery. I'm also a Midwestern kid, but was raised by Southerners. And bless your heart is part of my vernacular, along with all the other crazy Southern colloquialisms. Shane balances out Josh and shares his personal perspectives in such a natural and unique way. Oh, Great show. That was so nice. Oh, thank you, Freshy Fresh. Yes, thank you very much. And for you listening and watching, you can join us for Unmasked over on Apple Podcast Premium and on Patreon. And if you leave a review, you too might have your review heard on our podcast. Yes. And Jay Fresh, I hope you're having fun working from home. And don't forget, have you a little snacky snack. Yes. Try honey mustard on your mozzarella sticks. Yeah. It is really good, I promise. <laughs> and not mayonnaise on your, your salad. salad. If you do that, you know. Oh, uh, more power to you. I have been craving a wilted lettuce salad. Uh, it sounds so good. I haven't even heard of it. You've had it before, or at least Grandma made it. You probably didn't eat it. You oh, take no. like ice, or you take some kind of lettuce, usually iceberg, I think, and then you fry up a little bit of bacon and an. Uh, sounds like something she would do. You put you chop up an onion, put it over the lettuce, and then you dump the bacon and the hot grease over the lettuce and toss it real fast and eat it while it's still warm. And Horrible the for you. Are wondering why the guy on the left is fat. <laughs> you didn't need you it can though. Think, think our grandmother. <laughs> Grandma would make that, and she would say something like, "This will change your oil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clean you out, fiber." I'm, I'm sure it would. Well, everybody, join us again on Unmasked, and I'll tell you a little bit more about melon heads, and Shane will give us some more clues about his wooded mystery. Yes. All right, guys, we'll see you there. Bye. Bye.